I, uh, I hope everybody is doing well. And uh, except for the strobe that's happening up here, I, uh, can we put it on uh, maybe three or whatever that is or anything different at this point? Two, three, anything? We gotta change it because it's strobing up here and we're gonna give people a seizure. <laughs> Yeah, any light, anything that's up there, put it on 12, 13. That's perfect. That's good. There we go. All right. Uh, if you, uh, you may see this code over here. You're going to see it a lot uh, as we're kind of going through. We asked you to scan the app. Uh, we did change apps. We changed things on it. And so if you are, <laughs> if you have downloaded the wrong app, I actually saw that this morning as I was going through the chat before getting up here. If you downloaded the wrong app, the app, uh, if you can only download the wrong app if you are using an Android phone, and, uh, and that means that you've downloaded it prior. But if you are a brand new user, you won't have an issue. You'll only find the one. But the app happens to have an E, the E from Edge at an angle as how you know which one is the right one. So uh, if you're downloading that. And then uh, the notes from today are in it. So, or you can scan this, takes you right to the app. Um, if you're at home, uh, just search it in your app store. That's the best thing I could tell you. And then, uh, so let's go ahead and move into the next slide. So I want to say, uh, we are in this series called Anthem of Hope. And really the, the big, the, the key theme of this series is talking about mental health. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about anxiety. We've talked about depression. Next week, we're going to talk about chronic negativity. Uh, we're going to talk about trauma and we're going to talk as it comes down further but today I want to talk about one of the biggest mental health problems and it's so common in our culture um, it's often overlooked it really is what happens it's often overlooked and a lot of times it's completely ignored and so according to the World Health Organization Americans have a bigger problem with this issue than any other country in the world we have a, we have a bigger issue with this than anybody else we have the most affluent society in the world, and yet we are the most worry-filled society in the world. Congratulations, we win. You, you see, the, according to Barna, Barna comes out and says, 60% of adults in this world in the United States struggle with worry and stress daily. Half are worried and your, your mind might already be drifting in this message because you're worried about something outside of here. You could be worried about your kids. You could be worried about your kid's test that's coming up tomorrow. You could be worried about a doctor's appointment that's happening. But our minds are drifting as we are trying to figure out what we're going to do. And see, because of a sinful nature, we default to fear, not faith. That's what we tend to do. We tend to default to fear, not faith. You know, how many of us, we lay down at 2 a.m. trying to figure out how to have, you get up at 2 o'clock in the morning, you don't ever wake up going, man, I am so peaceful and I'm full of joy, right? You, don't, you know, when you wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, you're, you're, you're stressed out about your child hanging with the wrong friends, you're stressed out about your health concerns, job stresses, your aging parents the big things that are out there, you're starting to stress about terrorism, you're stressing about wars, you're stressing about racism, division, 
the price of eggs continues to go up. I stress over that. We run a coffee shop and they just keep going up and up and up and up and up. Guys, when we started the coffee shop, eggs were $32 for 160 eggs. That's what the cost was. Now they're $57 for the same thing. And it's only been a year. I mean, it's like, you know, that's double the price. You're talking about inflation. I'm just a little rant. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know who keeps adjusting my, my happy-go-lucky stand here, but it is very irritating for me. Anyway, uh, and so now I know that we talked about anxiety in the beginning of this. Our first message was about anxiety, but what's the difference? Because there is a difference between anxiety and worry. Uh, they are related. They do tend to overlap, but they are different. And so I want to let you know I'm not an expert. I've kind of given this, this, this uh, disclaimer uh, before we kind of go further, I, and I'm going to oversimplify this. I just was I'm going to make it really simple for us. See, we tend to experience worry in our minds, and we generally experience anxiety in our bodies, right? Super, over, uh, super simplified, but that is really what it is. We tend to experience worry in our mind, and we generally experience anxiety in our bodies. Worry is often very specific. You have something that you are worried about, and anxiety is generally very broad, you are usually doing something out there. You worry that you might miss a flight. You ha you have, you're anxious about traveling. Kind of see how the difference is there? You know, you, you, it's just kind of where it is. And maybe some of you can relate. With all the problems in the world, we tend to worry about things. And it, and it feels like someone needs to be worrying about them because there's a lot of people that aren't. You know, and here's the thing. I want you to understand something. If you open up, and we're going to spend some time in Matthew, and we're going to spend time in Matthew 6, Jesus tells us multiple times, do not worry. And in the middle of his powerful and practical teaching on worry, he covers five things that are the biggest topics that most of us worry about. He covers five of them in here. And so Jesus says, do not worry. Here's the biggest one for us about your finances. Don't worry about your finances. Number two, he says, do not worry about your food, right? Number three, he says, do not worry about fitness. You know, it's kind of an interesting thing. <laughs> Number four, do not worry about fashion, right? He does fashion. And number five, do not worry about your future, right? Isn't, it's kind of these little things here. So in Matthew 6, 25 is where we're going to spend this time out. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry. And and anytime you see this word, therefore, in the Bible, ask what it's there for, right? Why is it there? So anytime you see therefore, ask why it's there for. What, what, what is it there for? And so if you look at the verse before, and you look at verse 24, Jesus said, you cannot serve both God and money. You can't serve both God and money. And so he tells you, therefore, do not worry because if you're not serving God and money, you don't have to worry about your, about your finances. Right? And so, so Jesus is telling us here, don't worry about your finances. You can't love both God and money. And so don't overly focus on success about money. So let's go back into verse 25. It says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink. That's food, right? Didn't we just say that? So, or about your body. That's fitness, right? Do not worry about these things. Or what you will wear. Hey, worry about these things. Your, your fashion. 
Jesus said, don't worry about food. How many of us are out there, we're going, hey, wait a minute, I'm worried about food. And see, the thing that Jesus is talking to at this point back then, he's talking to people that are following him, the people that lived on the outskirts of town, the people that are following along going, I want to hang on to every morsel that he's talking about. So they are very worried about food. They are tremendously worried about food. Where's the next meal going to come from? How is this going to happen? And yet Jesus goes, don't worry about food. It's a contentious point. He's going, don't worry about that. Because if you worry about this, it's going to take you away from worrying about the most important thing. It's going to take you away from, from serving and taking care and doing what God has asked you to do if you're worried about this. Just think about it. If us, as a people, we're worried about the score of the 49ers game right now, you're going to be outside. You're going to be outside of what actually God has in store for you in this message. Right? You're, worried you go well the Niners are losing okay well that's outside of what you are trying to focus on God's going I want to reach you through a message for this or I want to I want to speak to you and yet you're like going ESPN help me out here NFL.com help me out here and see our minds you know <laughs> kind of a little sideways rant here one of the things that we looked at doing for Sundays for football season we looked at putting a ticker across the bottom of the screen saying what would it take to run the scores across the bottom of the screen because we were going, hey, we got to reach men. If we could reach men, you know, that's just how it was. So obviously, we didn't do it. That was talked out of it. But by the women. But, but see, that's what happens. We get distracted from what we're supposed to be doing because we're worried about these other things. For most of us in this room, we're worried about finances. That's where we tend to be at. And, and we stress over money. And it causes this physical change within us. It just changes us. You know, and see, anybody else in here, so Jesus told us, don't worry about food. Anytime, have you ever had this conversation, you get in the car and you go, hey, what do you want to eat? Is that a worry? All the hey, you know, you get in there, where are we going to eat at? And, and, you know, we should call this place, I don't care, or you pick, or any of those things. We should start coming out with those names. Because really, it's actually not true, because as soon as you ask that question, like in our car, I'll ask that question, and we don't really do it now because we've kind of eliminated fast food, but we'll go, what do you want to eat? And she'll go, I don't care, you pick. And so what I do is I pick things that I know that she won't want because then it forces her to make a decision. So I'll go, well, let's go to Popeye's. And I like, I, and so while it's not my favorite place to eat, I can eat it, right? I'm like, well, even if she says, yes, let's go there, I'm going to be okay. Well, for her, she's not, so it forces her to go, well, let's go do this instead, or let's go do this. So kind of uh, some reverse psychology there. But then, then you go, and so maybe, uh, maybe you're like me, that asked, I used to, anybody in here, did you actually like buffets? Did anybody? <sighs> Only my wife in here is like, nope, buffets are horrible. Everybody else in here is like, yeah, buffets are great. Did you ever get there, and you take a plate, and you get another plate, and then you go get another plate, and then you go, maybe I've eaten too much. <laughs> Maybe I've eaten too much, and I worry that I'm going to vomit as soon as I get in the car. You know, isn't that what happens? Sometimes we get to that mindset of going, ugh. Or, or how about this? How many of you, if you're dieting, some of you might be dieting, so, so this whole worry about food, right? right? Maybe you don't know where to eat. Maybe you don't know how much to eat. And how about this? What if I'm eating the wrong kinds of food? There's so many people that are on diets right now that this whole fad of keto and uh, starvation and... <laughs> 
So there's all these fads, and so you're going, well, can I eat this? Am I allowed to eat this? Like, can I, is this one of the, the right types of foods? Is this, is this the right vegetable, or is this one of those fattening vegetables? Is this going to make my butt look bigger? What is it? You know, so that's how our minds get here. And then, so Jesus says, don't worry about food, and then he goes, don't worry about your fitness. So he's saying, go ahead, get fat, and just don't worry about it. That's not what he's saying, though, by the way, because it says to treat your body like a temple. So, but, but some people obsess about their health, right? Some people, like we know some people that are gym rats, right? They spend more waking time in the gym than they would they do with their family or with anybody else. So what we're talking about though, is that do not make that your number one priority because it's taking you away from God. And you should understand is that this body that you are in right now is temporary. It is a temporary body. You know, and see, we need to be focused on the eternal, not in the temporary. And so we get so focused on going, I got to look swole. I got to have this. I got to have that. Let me suck it in. And, you know, it just doesn't work. Right? If you're so focused on that, what about, or, or, well, you're in the gym working out. Are you talking to people about Jesus? Mm, I'm getting swole. Look at Jesus. Look at what he's doing right now. You know what I mean? That's not what we're doing, right? We're, we're, we're in the gym and we're, we're grunting because we're lifting weight that's way too heavy for us. And people are going, are you using the restroom on yourself? Are you okay? My, my wife was like, hey, calm down. Where are you at? But that's how it is. We need to be focused on the eternal, not so focused on, yes, be healthy. But don't be worried about that all the time. What about this one? Don't worry about what you wear, your fashion. So how many people, well, we'll use accessories as part of that fashion as well. How many people are grabbing that Louis Vuitton purse or, or a guest purse or uh, any of these things because of the status, because of the status with it? Isn't that, we, fashion, we worry so much about what people think. Uh, we worry so much about people think. Is this look, my wife told me this morning when she put her shoes on, do these shoes look okay? They look great. They look fine. No, no, no. Do they look good with this outfit? Okay, you're asking the wrong dude because I put on things that are comfortable, not what people, not what I, I really don't care what people think because I walk out the door, I'm not walking outside going, I wonder if I look good. I wonder if people think that I look good. <laughs> I don't care. I walk out the door going, my wife seems to like me and I'll just get in the car and leave. That, that's just how it goes, right? And I tell my wife all the time, I'd rather be like Adam and Eve, like, hey, let's just hang out naked. Let's just do this. She's like, nope, no, I got to worry about what you think, you know? It's like, that's how it is. And see, that's the problem. We worry about so much of it. You know, before a big event, we try on so many different outfits. And which one do you like? How do you like this one? What is this? I, I, you know, it, it, see, spending, how about this? If you spent as much time as you did looking for an outfit with God, how much closer would your relationship be with God? You know, it, see, it's the problem. You have to change the trajectory of your life. It's Matthew 64. Therefore, remember, I asked that again. Why is he asking? Why is that therefore? Because this is a huge problem back there. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Don't worry about the future, where you'll go to school at, where, what type of job you'll have. If your loved one is sick, your spouse cheats, your hair gets too thin. These are all the things that we worry about all the time. You, you know, like for me, I'm terrible at this. Terrible, terrible, terrible. 
And here's, in the past, it was even worse, is that Melissa would go out and she would go have a girl's night. And so she would be like, hey, I'll be home. And, and 10 o'clock would come and go. And as soon as it gets to 10.01, I start worrying. I start going, I wonder if she had a car accident. And then 10.05, I'm like, man, I'm going to raise these kids by myself. And then 10.10, I'm like, who's going to love me looking like this? And like, seen she walks in, I go, whoo, man, you have no idea where my mind went. You see, that's what happens to us. We worry about these things, and it causes us to go, how, how, what's going to happen? Where's it going to go? See, Jesus doesn't just tell us not to worry. He doesn't go just, hey, don't worry. He shows us how not to worry. He goes, here's how you don't worry about things. And he says in verse 26, he says, look at the birds in the air. Do they, do they not sow or reap or store away in barns? Look, I mean, just think about this. Every single day a bird gets up, he doesn't go to the refrigerator in his nest, right? He doesn't go over there, open it up, and peck away at the worm that's in there. He's like, oh, I've been saving this one for months. He, he goes out, and what does he do? He goes out and works for the worm. He goes out and looks for one. He goes, hey, I'm going to go take care of this. Do not doesn't store away in, your, in barns, and let your heavenly, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than them? Jesus showed god's love god loves you way more than he loves the birds he does he loves you way more than that and here's the thing birds don't worry they don't and, and, and to be clear if a bird is hungry it will do something about it it's just how it goes and, and it, it illustrates the difference between concern and worry see we should be concerned about some things not worried about them See, concern focuses and makes us challenge, and it challenges us to go out and move to an action. Concern focuses on challenges and moves you to action. And, and so, if you think, "Hey, my marriage is struggling," concerned, you go get counseling. We're struggling here. Let's go get counseling. If you gain twelve pounds, and it, you should be concerned, maybe you should cut back on the soft drinks. By the way. Just a simple, if, just to prove this, if you do not drink soda, and that includes diet soda, by the way, no diet, no regular soda, no nothing, just unnatural, eliminating soda from your diet, you will lose a pound a month. Now, if you don't drink soda already, you can't be like, Mike, I'm just not losing a pound. If you lose, if you lose the soda addiction, you will lose a pound a month, just from, you know, just from not drinking soda. And see, concern focuses you to move to action. See, worry focuses on what is beyond your control, and it results in inaction. So worry focuses on what's beyond our control and results in inaction. See, what happens is, is that when you worry, you're stewing without being able to do anything about it. You're just stewing, you're just sitting there, and you go, now what's going to happen? What, how are we going to take care of this? See, that's why Jesus asked the question in verse 27, can any one of you, can any one of you, by add a single hour to your life can any one of you you know see you worry nothing gets better in fact your mental health gets worse nothing gets better and your mental health gets so birds don't worry and birds don't sit around doing nothing have you guys have you noticed that they don't just sit around doing nothing see birds don't wait for god to just flop some worms down in the nest like here here you go it just doesn't have that. You know, they, 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 don't even, they, they just don't sit for it. They get up, 
They fly around, they go find a worm, they eat, they fly around some more, and they go to sleep. All right, that's what they do. They don't, you don't hear them in the middle of the night, chirp, 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 right? They're not in the middle of the night stressing out, should God feed me some worms? No, they're asleep. <laughs> you never see a bird awake pacing at night, walking in its nest. What am I going to do for food? You know, or maybe, what am I going to do for food? Or whatever it is. You never see that, right? You never see them pacing the nest. You never see them rubbing their wings going, oh, man, what are we going to do? The supply chain problem is really going to cause a shortage of worms. What's going to happen? You're not there. You don't see that. When we are worrying, we're basically saying, God, I don't really trust you. God, I don't trust your plan. God, I don't believe you are with me. And God, I'm not really sure you're a good God. That's what we're saying. When we, when we get to that point and we're worrying, that's what we're telling God. I don't trust you. I don't trust your plan. I don't believe you're with me. And I don't believe you're really good. We're, uh, you know, I, I, so I want you to remember something that I've said time and time again. And if you allow it to, it will really impact your life. You have to allow it to impact your life. What you worry about most reveals where you trust God the least. Where you worry the most reveals where you trust God the least. What is it for you? What do you worry about? Is it a relationship? Is it a health concern? Is it financial fears? Is it personal insecurities? You won't measure up. You're not good enough. You don't have what it takes. What is it that you're worried about? Where is it that you're at? When and what do we do when we realize we aren't trusting God? What are we supposed to do at this point? Suppose, are we just supposed to change everything and I'm going to go from worrying about my finances to I'm just going to trust God with my future and not worry about it anymore. I'm going to trust him with my, my family. I'm going to trust him here. What are we supposed to do? And there's a great question in there and Jesus even responds with this. See, Joe, Jesus shows us our job. Verse 33. So Matthew 6, 33. But seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be given to you as well. So seek him first, pursue him, you know, pray, you know, you have to press in more and you have to, your eyes need to be focused on him and all things will be given. And, and I know that some of you may be going, well, I'm doing that, but are you really doing it? You see, your job is to put first, put God first in your life. Are you really doing that? Are you really putting God first in your life? Because here's what happens is most of us, we put other things and we practice idolatry by putting other things before God in our life. I, I'll tell you, the thing, and it's just one of those things that you're going to go, well, but Mike, I'm supposed to do that. We put our family before God often. Often. We put our kids up here. And see how you know that? It's because we... So there's people that will miss church in order to take their kids to soccer. There's people that will miss church in order to take their kids to go and... and so we're going, hey, I'm going to forfeit my time with God in order for my kids to go spend some time running around the field that never really amounts to anything other than stress for them and me because I'm yelling at them to do better, and yet they just continue to go, I'm just out here to hang out with my friends. And we put such a huge priority on those things that it takes away from what, you know, we, and we do this with, with sports, and we do this with events, and we do this, you know, like I, I, I talk to people and I go, well, am I, we're going to see a church tomorrow? No, 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 we're going to go to the tomato festival. The tomato festival? Like, really, you think that tomatoes are more important than God? 
Like, we're, we're, like I don't even understand how that's our, how that's our comparison. I, I just don't get it. it. Like for me, in our household, there's never, ever a discussion about church. Ever. Never, ever do we get up on Sunday mornings and go, hey, what are we going to do today? Ever. And granted, now it's my job to be here, but I do this job for nothing. Like, I, I, I've did this for years without getting paid, and I'll continue to do it. This is a priority. This is a priority. This is what we are called to do. This is where we're called to be at. And I go, I'm going to put God first. Whatever it is, it's not even a question. But yet, there's so many of us that question going, oh. And that's, I'm just talking about church. So if you're missing church very easily, you're probably missing your devotional time easily. You're missing your prayer time easily. You're missing time with others that are helping sharpen you up. You're missing all of those things easily. So you're missing your devotion time. You're missing your prayer time. You're missing your small group time. You're missing church time. And all of a sudden you go, I wonder why I don't feel God's presence. Why is it that I'm worried about these things? Why is it that I'm struggling here? You want to know why? Because you haven't put him first. You haven't drawn near to him. You haven't been pulled in. Why am I struggling with worry? Why am I struggling in my finances? Why am I struggling in all these places? Why? Because you won't put God first. You won't make him the priority. You won't put him first in your life. First of the day, first in your finances, first place your mind drifts to, you need to eliminate it. First in your relationships. All these things. When we came in here today, where did you go? Because all our mind disappeared. It didn't stay here. It didn't stay in this time. We got through worship. So a lot of people come into church just for worship, right? You know, like oceans, where are my feet? Hey, God, you're so good. I walked out on the ocean with you. you and as long as I keep my eyes focused on you, you won't let me sink, right? But what do we do? As soon as we get, out of the, as soon as we get done with the song, we just sing the song, we watch the video play, and we go, you know what I think I'm going to do right now while Mike starts talking? I'm going to balance my checkbook. Or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. I know that people don't even do checkbooks anymore. But I'm going to get on Instagram. I'm going to go through and I'm going to surf on TikTok. I'm going to get on here and look at Facebook. I'm going to go look and see what other people are doing that's going to draw me away from spending time with God. That's what we do. We check out of it. We, we go into these different places. And then that intensifies our worry because we're looking at other people that go, man, I, I'm, I'm really underserving my kids. They're out playing soccer. They're out doing this. They're out doing that. No. You're actually doing the best thing that you possibly can by having your children here because now they are building a relationship and a strong foundation with God. It, it, it is so much more important than softball. It is so much more important than baseball. It is so much more important than whatever else that you're putting in front of it. It's neglect on our part when we start going, well, God, it's not that important. And then we don't put him first. Now I get it. You're camping. You go out and you do a vacation. You do these things. I'm not, I'm not mad at you, and I'm not trying to get a, any of those things here. I'm like, hey, if you're watching online, you're trying, to make your, you're trying to make it, you're trying to do those things. The problem is, is that some of us, Barner came out, they call a regular church attender somebody who shows up once a month now. Once a month. I don't care, you know, I've got to tell you something. If your doctor asks you, hey, how often are you using the restroom, and you tell him once a month, he's going to go, that's not regular. <laughs> There's a problem. And that's just how it is. That's how we are with God. If we're not spending, if we're spending one time a month and we're not spending time in, in, in devotionals, we're not spending time in prayer, we're just showing up one month at church, that's not regular. It's not what it's supposed to be. I want to show you three things that are true. One, what you worry about today is may never happen, right? What you worry about today may never happen. 
So researchers at Penn State asked people to document what they were worried about and how many of their fears happened over the next 30 days. 91% of people said their worries did not come true. 91% of people said their worries did not come true. Less than 10% of what you worry about will happen. Less than 10%. But worry robs you of 100% of your time. Robs you of 100% of your time. What you worry about today may never happen. Number two, it may happen and it won't be as bad as you thought. It may happen and it won't be as bad as you See here, you know, so if you're in school, you may go, yep, I did great on that, pre that presentation. But it didn't matter that much. It was just one grade out of the whole thing. I asked her out. She said, no. I didn't go over to the locker and, and go, what am I going to do? How am I going to take care of this? What's going to happen? I didn't go out and go, and go back into drinking. I didn't do any of that. I just said, oh, okay, well, if you're in California, that's six to five here. So there's six women for every five dudes. There's always going to be a shortage, and there's always going to be availability, unless you're a girl. Then it's the other way. You're like, what am I going to do? Find a guy that's good. You know, and then you only got about 10% of us dudes that are distant, so you got to figure that out as well. <laughs> yeah. Yep, everybody laughed at me. I kind of get you guys to laugh at me. I kind of like it. You know, it's, it works out that way. And see, and see, some seem to do it and like it more than others, right? And it's just kind of what's going to happen. How do we do this? What you are worried about may not happen. And, what, and it may happen, but it may not be as bad as you thought. It may happen, and God will carry you through it. See, that's what may happen. It may happen, and God will carry you through it. Simple as that. You know, um, I'll share just a quick personal story. Is that for some of you guys know that my mom passed away about five years ago. And uh, for us, I, you know, I kind of took it as a champ. People were like, man, he's very, being very emotional about this. Like, you know, it, it wasn't, wasn't that I wasn't emotional about it. What most people didn't know is that 12 years prior, my mom had a massive heart attack, and I had to do CPR while waiting for the ambulance, and it took the ambulance 24 hours, or 24 hours, 24 minutes to show up to our house. And so while waiting for that, I had pretty much already checked out and said, my mom is gone, because she, she started getting cold. It was like, man, this is what's happening. Why are they at? You start getting into this mindset of going, what's happening? They put her on a stretcher, they're zapping her, you know, like the whole ER thing. If you've ever watched the ER, if you ever watched any of those shows, it was like the whole thing happened in our living room. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. And then they put her on the ambulance. They go, hey, you're going to go with us? I get in the ambulance. We get to the hospital, walk into the hospital. The doctor comes out after they got her stabilized and goes, hey, if you wouldn't have CPR for this time, she would have died, guaranteed. And right now, we don't know if she has brain damage. We don't know anything. She's going to be in a coma for nine days. My mom laid in a coma. And so I went to work. I would go to the hospital. It became one of those things. Where I was like, what is going on? What is happening? And start preparing yourself for the loss. You start preparing yourself. You're like, hey, she may never wake up. You start having this mental thing. And so at that point, when my mom did wake up, I was already, I went through the roller coaster of emotions of a loss. And so I was just like, every day is a blessing now that she's here because I get to talk to her, I get to borrow money from her, I get to do all these things, right? It just kind of, just kind of worked out that way. It was good. And so, and that's where it has to be. You have to start looking at it and go, you can be worried about these things. You can be struggling about these things, but, or you can look at the positive and go, I got through this situation. And then every other day I heard the, uh, I heard this term that was at, uh, when we lost Max, we went to his funeral and his brother-in-law said, 
every day after that became bonus time, right? Every day became bonus time. So when you have somebody that's tra- you know, going through that, tra- that, that tragedy or you're getting ready to experience loss and they go through it, you don't have to worry anymore. You don't have to look at this. You go, hey, today is another day of bonus time. You get up in the morning and go, today is another day of bonus time. Today, instead of looking at it and go, well, is today the day that she dies? Is today the day that I lose them? Is today this? And see, what I want you to know in closing, if you're worried about something, and most of us are, what, you need to remember what you worry about the most reveals where you are trusting God the least. Where it's, what you worry about the most is where reveals where you're trusting God the least. And if there is something on your heart, a worry, a fear, a burden, let's put God first and cast our cares there. Because he cares about what you care about. It's just how it goes. And, and if you want to trust God about something you've been worried about, it's time to pray. It's time for us to, to lift our hands, and it's time for us to just get to this point where we pray. And as you pray, some of you will have a bigger worry, and some of us will worry about where we stand with God. I, I know that there's so many of us that are just struggling with it. But there's people watching at home right now that are just struggling where they stand at. What they, they go, I haven't been in church in a while. I haven't had this. I haven't really, I haven't really done this. And I've been pursuing my, my ambitions. I've been chasing after this. Or I've just been struggling to just make it everywhere that I'm going and every direction I'm going. And so how do, how do I stop worrying about where I stand at? How do I start changing what I'm doing? And so if you would, uh, if you would, what I'd ask you to do is that I ask you, wherever you're at, stand with me, right? Let's, let's have everybody stand up. And I know that some of you are like, no, I don't stand. Yeah, you're going to stand up this time. So stand up. Go ahead. And, uh, and here's, what I, here's why. It's because we're going to change our posture. We're, you know, when I was, when I, I love, and so uh, if you're watching at home, you're about to see a whole lot of hands come into the, into the picture of the, <laughs> what we're watching. So here's, what I, here's, what, here's one of the things that I love when I come home from work, and I, you know, when my kids were small, they, they would come running, and they would go, Daddy, and they'd put their hands up, and they would, they would have one of these things where you just look at it, and you go, it makes you start to go, and what, the first thing you do, you don't push them away, you don't, you don't, get away from me, get them hands down, no, you pick them up, and you brace them, and you embrace them, and so what I would ask is that we put our hands up, and, we, and we're going to say a prayer, just go, and Father, help us relieve these worries, help us, just give us this embrace, welcome us in, and so I know that some of you are going to be uncomfortable about it. You're like, oh, I don't do that. It's okay. You're in church because it's supposed to be uncomfortable. It's, supposed to, it's not supposed to be one of these times where you come in and go, man, man they, really, they really did do something to make us comfortable. Man, they, made this, they put this huge TV in. I can see all of it. They did, they did this. They put these soft padded chairs in. They really went all out on my comfort, and we did. But there's supposed to be moments of uncomfortability. You're not supposed to come in here and just be comfortable. Because this is life change. This is where it happens at. This is how we move forward. This is, and life change sometimes is difficult and hurts and is a struggle. And we need to reach out to our Father in heaven and go, God, help me through this. Help me get through these things. And so just do, just, just like this, just reach your hands up, close your eyes. Nobody's going to look at you. Nobody's going to steal your wallet. None of that's going to happen. Nobody's going to grab your purse. And if they do, we have insurance for it. So don't, don't this is, And if they do, I don't know them. They, they, you know, we, didn't, we didn't plan this out. No. So put your hands up and let's go, Father, Father, help us cast our cares, cast our worries onto you. Father, help us, help us 
start to embrace this time with you and reach out to you and go, Father, please comfort us in this time of need, comfort us in this time of struggle, comfort us to where we're, we just feel safe. We have this time of rest. Your word says, it says, come to me all that are weary and I will give you rest. So Father, we're asking for that. We're worried and it's our struggles and it's casting us down on our hearts and we've just, we've just had this time of struggle over and over and over again. And so Father, we ask that you just take these burdens off of us and allow us to draw near to you Allow us to come into that embrace that you offer. Allow us to, to experience the great comforter. Allow us to, to just know that you love us so much more than the birds and you provide for them and you allow them to cast their cares. They don't worry about their fashion. They don't worry about where their food's going to come from and they don't worry about how they look. They just worry about doing something. Father, let us do something for you. Let us move for you. Let us live for you. Let us put you first. You can put your hands down. Father, help us right now. Some of us, we don't know where we stand at with you. We don't know where our struggles are. We don't know any of these things. And some of us, we've wandered away from you. Some of us, we've ended up in a place that's been far from you. And we just want to realign ourselves with you and your plan for our lives. Some of us, we've gone way out of this, into this whole new level. We've ended up in this place and we've, we just know that we've been sinning and building a wall against you and father some of us we've just never even had a relationship with you we've talked about it maybe we've raised our hands in the service but we've never ever had that new life that your word spread it talks about in second corinthians five seventeen. and so father help us align our our lives to your life help us align our lives to your plan for us your word and 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says that all those who believe that your son died and, were, and was res resurrected again, that we have new life. Father, we believe. We, we want this new life. We want this new life that's, that's less with worry and less with anger and less with stress and, and more of you. Father, invade our lives. Invade our, our hearts, come to dwell within us so that we can move in this new direction with you. If, you. if you got your eyes closed, if you would just pray, if you just prayed that with me, if you just prayed this new prayer with me and just said, I'm ready to be made new, would you just raise a hand saying, saying Father, I'm ready to move in a new direction. I'm ready to do this new thing with you. I'm ready to cast my cares onto you. I'm ready to, to drop the worries that I have. I'm <laughs> I'm ready to live the life that you've asked me to do. And I know that it'll be a struggle. I know that it'll be hard. But I'm ready to do it with you. You can put your hands down. Father, thank you. For each person that put their hand up, whether they did it physically or they did it within their hearts, Father, we know that you are celebrating in heaven just as the prodigal child came home. That you are celebrating and saying, let's... let's Let's have a party. And so, Father, we are thankful that you welcome us in. No matter what we did, no matter where our past led, no matter all the things that we did, you're still arms wide open saying, my child has returned. Father, thank you. Now give us strength as we go out. Give us strength as we, as we <laughs> walk the narrow path. 
help us be an example. Help us look to where people look and go, I want what they have. I want what, they, what they're experiencing. And let's make our lives be set apart. Father, thank you. And it's in your son, Jesus' name, that we pray.